We welcome you to the NACMA podcast. Join us by listening to each episode full of interesting topics from industry leaders in college athletics. There will be a wide range of topics, each one focusing on what we in college athletics deal with on a daily basis, revenue generation, brand management, and the fan experience. Hey guys, welcome to today's NACMA podcast. I am your host for today, Markeisha Everett, Assistant Athletic Director at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, also a NACMA board member. Today I am on with uh, my guy, Jordan Luby from University of Maryland, uh, who won this year's Superfan Marketing Team of the Year Award. Jordan, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jordan, why don't you tell a little pe- the people a little bit about uh, yourself and then kind of your role at, at Maryland? Yeah, sure. So um, I've basically been in Maryland my whole career. So one of those rare people in our industry that's been fortunate enough to, to continue sort of getting that next role when I've been ready for it. Um, so I started at Maryland back in January of 2013 as a marketing assistant. Um, and then Later that year, was promoted to assistant director, then later became director, and now I'm uh, the assistant AD for marketing strategy and fan experience. So um, we recently just adopted the graphic design assistants into our staff. So um, we oversee, um, we have eight people as a member of our staff, and um, I've, uh, I've loved my time in Maryland. It's been awesome to be able to be in one region for so long. My wife and I are actually closing on a house on Thursday, so. Um, we're excited about continuing to stay here and um, continuing to build um, on our successes over the past couple of years. That's awesome. Um, I, I think it's it's cool that you've been able to stay at Maryland um, and continue your your personal growth. And uh, congratulations on on you and the wife with the house. I know that's a, a big deal. Um, before we we jump into kind of the the actual award, you know, you talked about coming on and, and working your way up essentially, right? So Maryland is uh, a school who, you know, through, throughout, um, you know, the conception of the marketing team of the year award, you guys have been in, in several conversations. I mean, you guys have been finalists for several years. You, you won the marketing team of the year uh, award before. Can you talk just from your experience about that transition and of course, you know, you've been in, in different roles. So, for example, I think it was 14-15 when you guys won Marketing Team of the Year. You were a part of that team, but you weren't necessarily leading that team, if you will. Talk a little bit about maybe winning then versus winning now from your perspective. Yeah, for sure. So I'll start with sort of the, the team um, and athletic department uh, answer first. And it's it's interesting. I feel like just as long as I've been in Maryland, that it's just been the expectation that we were going to be as great as possible. Um, so by the time I started here, I, it was a perfect alignment because that's how I felt about myself. Like I, I wanted to be as good as I could possibly be at what I was doing, and to join a team that that felt that same way that that was um, super important to me. Um, and that's just sort of carried throughout. Like it, it, it's, it, I, I don't even know if there's necessarily a written formula for it. I think it's sort of an unspoken formula that we've had for as long as I've, I've been in Maryland. So um, luckily for me and for our staff and, and even for the, the support units that we work with, um, that's sort of just been the expectation. And, 
and those support units are super important to us. We, we're fairly young and, and creative and energetic on the external side, so that's allowed us to, to really push ourselves and to try to be um, at the forefront of everything that we're doing. And then we have an upper administration that trusts us. Um, we know we're not probably one of, you know, we're not one of the traditional blue blood schools that um, we can rely on traditions all the time. Like we need to, to create new traditions and sort of pave our own path. So um, our administration trusts us to do that on the external side. So that's certainly a big part of it. If, that, if those things weren't all in alignment, then we wouldn't have had the success that we've had over the time that I've been here. And, and then on the personal side, it's, it's interesting you ask that because I, I feel like for, for me, it was super validating personally um, because you're right. Like when we won the first time, I was just a member of the team. I wasn't the one sort of overseeing the, the team and, and making sure that, that we were hitting all those goals. Um, and my first year as the, the leader of the marketing unit was the first year that we weren't a finalist in three years, at least a finalist. So for me, I, I mean, I, I rightfully so or not, I took it personally. Like, I, I looked at myself, I'm like, am I the reason that that happens? Like, I take over and all of a sudden we have um, our worst year um, in the last four years, last three years. So um, it's been nice this year, particularly, too, with the changes to how the award is structured. Because um, we used to submit, like, 75 pages of a, of a, of a document. And, it was a beast to make it. Um, but also I knew that that, that, that prevented staffs that were smaller probably from really committing the time that we were able to. So the page limit, I think leveled the playing field a little bit. So, so for us to, to continue to do what we do and, um, put in the efforts that, that we've put in, um, with increased competition and still be awarded the award, it was super validating for us personally or for me personally and for us as a department. Yeah, you, you know, you're, you're absolutely right with the, the page limit. Um, we were seeing some really great submissions from, from people uh, all across the country, but we understood that, uh, you know, it was a heavy lift, if you will. And, you know, from a NACMA standpoint, we want to recognize, you know, the, the folks for the hard work and dedication, but we don't necessarily want to put more work on people. So we took it and tried to scale it back and made the page limit and, and really try to make it to where, um, you know, if you were doing it right, your, your page limits was telling the story of what you saw the great grading rubric being for, for our judges. So it's good, good for me um, being one of those people that was kind of integral in, in helping change that. Um, good for me to hear you say that, uh, you know, with, with especially being a bigger school, because like you said, it levels the playing field a little bit, that sort of thing. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, when you talk about, um, you know, excellence is the standard, if, if you will, at Maryland, and I think that's great. And then you mentioned that your first year taking over, you guys weren't a finalist, and you took that very personally. How did you go about motivating yourself to get back, you know, motivating yourself to, to maybe reevaluate and getting back into those conversations, if you will, on a national level? How did you go about doing that? Yeah, so I think first to kind of like touch on something you said previously too, like for us, like the, this submission is a recruiting thing for us. Like if, if, we can, if we can repeatedly be at the top of the industry and then, and then publicly share those efforts that we put together in that one document, um, 
that helps us re- uh, attract talent to come work at Maryland. So um, even when we were creating 75 pages and it was a much bigger lift for us, it was super valuable for us, even, even um, to provide to our sponsorship team. Um, like they utilize that to say, Hey, look at this really cool promotion that they did. Would you like to align with this in the fall of 2020, et cetera? So, um, they ask for that submission every year. So, um, regardless of whether we were a finalist or not there, um, or regardless of how much work it is for your staff, there's obvious benefits outside of just the recognition of, of being a team of the year finalist or winner. Um, and then to answer your question. I think we probably got a little bit complacent in what we were doing. Um, and maybe complacent isn't the right word, but, but we, we stagnated a bit. Like we probably didn't really inner reflect and look at what we were putting together. We kind of just repeated the same thing, like rinse, repeat, um, where the promotions that we shared were almost like, okay, here's a year two of this promotion and how we made it better. Um, and as opposed to doing year two of a promotion and making it better, I think we started to look at like, okay, how can we come up with a new promotion that uses maybe the successful tenets of that previous promotion, but something that's completely different and packaged differently. So I think we, we probably for those three years, it, it was enough. It was enough at the time. Like we, we won and we were like, okay, let's just keep repeating what we did when we won because that will help us win in the future. But just like you see competitively with teams and, and shifts and trends of, how even like look at the NFL and how like the offenses have changed over the years to adapt to, to become successful um, from like a traditional style offense to more of like a run pass option offense. Like we need to do that too. If we keep staying with a traditional offense in our marketing efforts, then we're going to get gashed on defense and we're not going to be able to keep up with the offenses we're competing against. So it's the same for us from a marketing perspective. I, I think we really just started to actually analyze what we, um, what we were putting in there, making some changes. And then the 25 page limit really forced us to do that. Like we wanted to still be able to tell that story, but also we felt like we had 70 pages of content. So like we wouldn't have, we wouldn't put together 70 pages previously if we didn't think it was worth it. So having the 25 pages of content that, that sort of forced us to really look at like, okay, we can remove this what's really important in here let's let's embolden that and emphasize that information and let's just get rid of the stuff that that we put in there for three three four years so i think that um was sort of our recipe for success this year gotcha talk a little bit about um how you were able to 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 work with your team to prioritize some of that and and i ask that because yes there there's a page limit right but um within that you guys hit on uh, every single area, you know, revenue generation and, and ticket sales, promotions and fan experience, attendance, brand awareness, innovation, you know, the social media and broadcasting, the, the student athlete experience, which is a piece that I think a lot of people miss, right, a- as well as the community outreach. So how did you guys go about prioritizing um, what those successes were and, and how to put those in here? Yeah, so so we started with uh, I shouldn't say we, we don't actually start the document, but we sort of start the framework of it super early. So, you know, I mean, you know, we do so much throughout the year. Like you're going to forget stuff if you, if, uh, if you are writing things down or making notes. So, so really, really early on in the process, we create basically a large Google sheet that we put in everything that we do that we think 
might be worthy of putting in our book when we eventually submit um, in uh, later that spring um, or in the spring. So um, we start that in the fall. So we'll put in anything that, that we think might be worth, even if it, we don't end up including it. Um, and on that Google sheet, we'll sort of assign the pillars to it. So, so we'll look at, okay, like this should go on innovation. Like this should go on student athlete experience, this community outreach, et cetera, et cetera. So, so we'll be able to sort of like look at that balance um, early, early on. And that will help us make the deci final decisions on what's actually going into the book. So you mentioned like, okay, maybe people have uh, sort of ignored or, or, or glossed over the student athlete experience portion. But when we look at our Google sheet, four months in advance that that we made and we see that we have 25 things that are related to promotions and fan experience but only two things that are related to student athlete experience that for us is a as a trigger that yo we need to focus more on the student athlete experience like how important is that like that's the most important thing for us right so like that section needs to be better so we need to be better about uh, of, uh, about achieving that goal or that desired end right so um we're able to sort of analyze that as we go. Like, again, you know, like we can, we can do things on the fly. So if we realize in December, we're not really hitting a need um, that we really shouldn't be missing, then we can make adjustments and make sure in January, February, we're starting to do that. So I think that's a big part of it is sort of to like analyze as we go, look at what we're doing and then make changes um, on the daily, on the weekly, on the monthly, on the semesterly. So. You know, I think what I like best about what you just said, Jordan, is, you have a plan, but at the same time, you guys are adaptable, um, and you're constantly looking at ways to things to the next level. But then also, you know, are are we meeting the goals and expectations of these kind of categories that we put in place for ourselves? So I think that's important um, for folks to kind of note as well. Uh, going back to something you said earlier, you you talk we've talked about how you know, you've been able to kind of engage your team and how you guys are tracking on this stuff. You talked about how you have the support of your administration um, as well, which I think is, is huge. How do, do you as the leader of your team go about um, making sure that you're communicating these successes or, or these needs or gaps even, um, if you will, to, you know, your boss, your AD, you know, th that sort of thing. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, so um, I, I mean, I guess first and sort of the obvious one is it's it's easy because Carrie um, Blankenship is our head of external, and um, she's obviously super involved as a board member and um, vice president at ACMA. So um, that helps. She understands where we're coming from. She came up through marketing, so so she understands a lot of what we're trying to do, what our needs are, what our desires are, um, and can help us see it from the from the bigger picture. Um, where right now, like maybe my scope is a little bit um, more narrowed than hers is. Um, she's come up to that narrow focus, but now also seen the wider focus that she can help provide context to why maybe something isn't exactly ideal for marketing or why this is maybe a better idea than what we came up with. So I think that helps, helps a lot. Um, I think too, just our, our, even our AD, our deputy AD, they're, they're super just like walk around and talk to people kind of leaders, right? So it's easy to share those successes and, and even honestly failures. Like it's easy to share like, hey, we came up with this idea. It didn't really work. Um, and not have any fear of like retribution or, you know, or anything punitive because we made a mistake. 
I think they just want us to be as creative as possible and they're easy to talk to. And, and so that helps. So, so when Claire Gilmore, one of our marketing assistants does something really, really good and worthy of sharing, that's an easy share for our AD Damon or our deputy AD Colleen or Brian, our chief strategy officer, or the rest of our leadership team. So it starts with them, honestly, like if I'm, if I'm going to give credit where it's due, it, it starts with their willingness um, to be a part of the things that we're doing and, and their openness and approachability for us. Um, and then I think like where I sort of fit into that role is like I can have candid conversations with Carrie um, and my other supervisors and our full leadership team that, that I can then sort of figure out how to, how to make that work for the marketing staff in a way that's still valuable for us. It still helps our people grow and learn. It still challenges them to, to, to be great um, in everything that they do, but also fits and aligns with the needs of our, our department. Um, and they've also just been very clear, I would say, from a leadership team perspective of what our goals are, what we need to accomplish. So that makes it a lot easier when you just know, hey, this is a good idea because it aligns perfectly with the vision of our AD. Um, I think when you don't have that clear direction or that clear communication, you're kind of guessing a little bit and that's when you can end up, um, with, I think, confusion, misunderstanding, and then maybe some, uh, mistakes in your efforts. Gotcha. Um, you kind of hit on it a, a little bit, uh, just now and earlier, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your team, what, what makes, uh, your team special? How do you guys continue to collaborate and, and make, you know, the, the ceiling the floor, essentially? And I, I say the ceiling the floor because, you know, you guys have a standard of excellence, which we talked about, and you continue to raise the bar. So tell me a little bit just about kind of your team and how you guys go about doing that. Yeah, I think like, the first thing I'd say is we like each other. Like, I think we all just enjoy each other's company. And, and like anyone that's in this industry knows that the most important thing for our industry in general is, is, is the, the people. Um, it's that human element and the amount of times we, the amount of time we spend together, whether it's 60 hours a week in the office or 15 hour days working a football game on the weekends. Like we spend more time with each other than we do with our loved ones and, and, and family at home. So because of that, those people at work become our family and loved ones, right? Like we develop this, these relationships that are deeper than we have with even maybe some of our friends from high school that we were really close with at some point. So I think that's the, that's the main thing is we just, we trust each other. We hold each other accountable um, and don't allow each other to, to sort of slip or, or to be less than they can be. Um, and I think everyone agrees with that standard of excellence. And, and it's easy when, when you guys have, when you have a trusting, I think, um, relationship with your staff and your people, you can be more open and honest about failures, about successes, about areas for improvement, et cetera. And, and those things are the things that you need to fine tune daily to make sure that you guys are as great as you can be. So, um, I really think it starts with just sort of a general like for each other um, and then a friendship, I think. And then with that comes the, the trust and accountability piece, which is essential to us being a great marketing team. You know, I, I, I brought that up because in, in your acceptance speech when you did your video, uh, the one thing that I noticed 
first, um, you know, when, when watching it before we even post it is uh, you said, I love you to your team. You thank them. And you said, I love you. And I feel like when you're, when you as a leader, when you get to the point where you're saying, uh, I love you as a team, it shows that it goes beyond just the day-to-day work. Um, it's, it's a family. And to your point, you, you like each other, right? It takes it to that next level. So I appreciate you uh, hitting on that. Um, you know, I've, I've combed through all of the, the marketing team of the year submissions, um, you know, and, and throughout you guys, I, I like the fact that um, everything kind of remained on brand. Uh, it told a story, that sort of thing. I think, you know, my favorite was under innovation you really talked about data-driven marketing, if, if you will. And I think that's my favorite just because in my you know, current role here at Pitt, a lot of what I do is based off of research and kind of that data-driven marketing um, that you mentioned. Can you talk a little bit about um, you know, why you guys decided to in, include data-driven marketing and you know, how you feel like that has helped you guys both you know, short-term and, and long-term, if you will? Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because I feel like that's the that's the one biggest shift we made between last year and this year. And and that's not to say that we didn't rely on on, on data and analytics in previous years, but just not to the level that we did this year. And um, you know, it's not exactly sexy, right? Like it's not like the the fun, goofy promotion that's going to go viral on Twitter. Um, but it's probably more important than that, right? Like it's. It's, um, it allows your department to be um, more efficient, to respond better to your customers' needs and wants, um, and ultimately to drive revenue better and to, and to focus your efforts better. So, so we started working with a data consultant, uh, Jim Hanauer, and, and he sort of like espoused this belief on us that that, that, that data and analytics piece is, is so important. So. Um, he's taught us. I, I think the, for athletic departments that, or marketing departments that maybe aren't relying on it as much, um, I think for us, like the initial investment is the really tough, tough piece, like the learning, like we're all understaffed. Like the reason, there's a reason we don't have, a lot of us don't have specific CRM managers um, or um, data analytics positions internally. Um, though we probably should, right? Like we don't have those resources. So um, we're already, uh, we're trying to keep our heads above water, just trying to get our normal job done to put on the fan experience um, side of what we do. The initial investment is, is certainly more difficult than you maybe want it to be, right? You need to learn, you need to understand it. But then once you do that, it makes your job so much easier, like so much easier. Like instead of us guessing on what is the best day to send an email, we know exactly when the best day to send an email is and exactly the best time because we have two years of data that shows us that an email on Friday morning performs better than an email on Tuesday morning. So instead of like having that guesswork and needing to be like, hey, what's the best day to do this or when should our renewal deadline be, we have hard data that, that tells us that story pretty quickly. And then on um, the, the customer needs side, like it, I feel like so many times, this is not to say we completely did this, but so many times we relied on anecdotal evidence, right? Like we got an email from a fan that suggested this. It sounded like a good idea. So it got a real spinning and we came up with an idea to sort of address that, that area of need. Um, 
But then if you survey the entire population of your season ticket holders or everyone that's gone to a game for you, they might tell you the complete opposite. Or we might see in a survey that we do for um, post-season uh, post basketball survey that we had 45 complaints about how dirty the bathrooms are. Um, and then we look at a heat map of where those survey results are coming for, from, and they're all behind Section 212. So that's, okay, we might need to pay more attention to the bathroom behind Section 212, as opposed to guessing, like, hey, we should probably clean the bathrooms more. What's the best way to do that? Um, so just, like, little, like, I guess I sort of just gave, like, example scenarios that are sort of fake, um, but also very real to what we're doing. So we just, like, we just relied on that so much more than we have in years past, using dashboards and, and really just being smart. Like, we, we started looking at ourselves much more like a revenue-producing business, which is, which is what we are, right? Like, we need, to look, we, need to, we need to be able to abide in line with those tenants that are going to help us be successful in that, like, department while also serving our student athletes. And I think that's where it's very different for us than it is for um, a corporation um, or some other type of organization. But the data, the analytics, like that allows us to be more efficient. Like I think we thought that focusing more on this data and the revenue was gonna take away from our fan experience efforts that we were so proud of over the years, but really it made them better. Like it made us better on both sides because we had more time to focus on that stuff because we got more efficient as a department. Yeah, I mean, you were you were able to meet fans where they were essentially, versus making them come to you or, um, like you said, your your team kind of guessing, if you will. You're able to kind of go to them where they are and and solve um, you know immediate problems, if you will. But you did it by branching out into into other areas, which helped the the bottom line of of you know the, the university. Sure. Um, and two, actually, sorry to jump in real quick. Like, it's helped us with other departments too. Where like we're the ones that are leading these survey efforts in our in our data analytics. But in terms of us like going to another department and saying, "Hey, this is an idea we have." It's much it's it's much easier to get, um, I guess, agreement from other departments when you have hard data to support what you're suggesting and and support that it will be successful. So, yeah, that's that's also a good point. Um, I don't know if, if, if you're a reader or if anybody listening is a reader, but if so, I recommend there's a book called um, The Rise of the Revenue Marketer. And it talks exactly about what, what you just said, Jordan, in terms of um, utilizing marketing as not just an engagement arm, but also as a revenue generation arm, but also how to bring other departments to, together. So that's a, a book that I highly recommend. Again, Rise of Revenue Marketer. I can't think of um, the, the author right now, but if, if I remember, I will try and put that in the notes as well for, for the folks listening. Um, as, as we look at, you know, I kind of told you what my favorite thing was about the submission. Do you have any favorite, uh, you know, things from, from that or successes that you had this year that you're extremely proud of? And if so, you know, kind of which one? The, to me, like our seminal moment this past year was when we hosted College Game Day for basketball. So shout out to Cassidy Brown, our director, who, who really like knocked that presentation out of the park. We had never had game day um, since I had been here. I think we had College Game Day for basketball 15 or so years ago. Um, 
although I'm probably butchering how long ago that was, but it hadn't been here for a really long time. So really nobody that was here at the time was, or there at, there at Maryland at the time is still here now. So we were all kind of doing it from scratch. And, and ultimately for people that have hosted game day, at least from a college basketball standpoint is, is it's like a full marketing show, right? Like we, every in and out of every single break, like they relied on us to come up with ideas. Um, and we were actually the first school, I think they told us that they have like a pre-event full production staff and, and athletic staff conference call to sort of discuss ideas, um, share the vision of the show, et cetera. And, and they said, I think they're going to continue doing it moving forward because it was so successful f- for us. And um, it was just, it was just so cool. Like people just, people just love basketball here. Um, and like I work primarily with the football team. So um, it was nice for me to like, obviously be involved in the process, but, but to be more ancillary to it than to be de- directly related. So I think it was like twofold. It was, it was just an amazing culmination of all the hard work of our staff um, and such an amazing event um, and day for our fans, our donors, our athletic department staff, our student athletes, et cetera. And it was also really cool for me to see our staff execute it and, and without me being incredibly involved. Um, so it was really cool like for me as a, as a fan to be able to sit back and, and watch it happen and, and be in awe of how amazing it looks. So that's the one that, that really sticks out to me the most. Like you don't get college game day every once in there every, um, or that often. Um, but the way we can help ourselves get it in the future is to put on a really good show and make sure that the talent on air and the production staff appreciate our efforts and, and love how the show came out. Um, so I feel like we did that. Like, I feel like if we're in a position where it's up in the air between us and another school for college game day, like, they'll take that into consideration. Gotcha. Um, with, without giving away, you know, any, any, any secrets, because like I said, Maryland's always in these conversations, whether it's a, a finalist or a winner. Um, but, you know, what are some of the things that your team is looking forward to as we enter this uh, next year? And I know there are a lot of, unknowns um right now just with how everything will play out um because of our our good friend uh COVID but any conversations with your team about you know things that you guys want to try and accomplish driven by marketing but something that we're going to have a huge role in and, and impact on that I'm really excited about is is um ever since our chief strategy officer got here probably about a year ago um, if I remember correctly, he's wanted to really start to look at ourselves more as a media company as opposed to an athletic department and event production company. Um, so we sort of already had the foundation and, and sort of the preparation started to handle something like COVID, where we may not be able to have as many fans in our venues or any fans in certain, in certain venues for us. Um, but we still need to engage with our fan base and, and drive revenue in other ways. So we've started to kind of look at ourselves a little bit more as, as full-time content producers, as opposed to um, event producers. Obviously the event side is still going to be really, really important. Um, but I'm really excited about that, that sort of, sort of mindset shift um, to, to kind of focus on creating incredible content that will help us engage better with our fans, um, whether we have events or not. And even in the summer and, um, and to develop content, particularly for a younger demographic, um, to, to continue to build um, and develop fanhood 
at a younger age so that uh, by the time they have those people have a disposable income that they can they can spend on, on donations or entertainment options they choose to do that with Maryland um, so I'm really excited about that and and then um, I think just like I'm excited as part of that to be able to 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 provide a voice for us like we're for, for our student athletes and for our staff and um, we're super privileged to be in a, a position where we have a powerful brand that we help control the messaging from. Um, and if we're able to sort of develop ourselves as a, as more of a, a media company that focuses on content, a significant portion of that should relate to what's going on in the world. And I think we're excited to be able to, to do that, to, to sort of uplift our student athletes voices um, and provide a platform that I think our fans will appreciate. Um, so that's really exciting for me. Like personally, I get like emotional even thinking about it. Like the, the idea that we get to have a positive effect on everything that's going on in the world with the Black Lives Matter movement and even COVID and, and things like that. Like I am a very small part of what that is and our department's a bigger part of that, our, our, our marketing department. But I'm excited to continue to, to make sure that the, the flows are greater than the ebbs in terms of those types of conversations. Um, and we're super privileged to be able to, to be able to do that. So. That's awesome. And, and we talked about this kind of offline and, and you just mentioned it there. It's, it's really just not being afraid to look at our, our business a little bit differently. I think people get so caught up in the, you know, you need to roll t-shirts and you need to write scripts and you need to do all these other things. But uh, truth is, you know, we, we have the opportunity, especially right now, to truly service our, our fans and do things a little bit differently. You know, you got, you said you guys are, are looking at operating like a media company, which, which is great. You know, here at Pitt, we've been talking about operating more like an, an agency and not just focusing on, um, you know, promoting and, and, you know, directing events, but how do we expand that? And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's just a good point to bring up because I would hope that uh, all marketers would be evaluating how we're doing business right now and not looking at this as a, as a doom and gloom because it's so easy to say, you know, we've, we've been uh, in the house and there's so many unknowns and the kind of panic, but I would hope that people would look at this and try and find the opportunities just like you guys are trying to do of how do we continue to take things to the next level and, you know, how, how to be innovative and leaders in this space. Um, yeah. Less, less. Sorry, sorry. I, no, I think like, that's just like super important. Like that's like the way you just said that is like the way you have to look at it, right? Like you, like the negativity doesn't really get us anywhere, right? Like there's a lot of things in the world that we can be negative about um, right now, but the positivity is what's going to bring us through it. And when we do get through it, we're all going to be way stronger, way smarter, way more accepting, um, and way more resilient than we were before. Um, and that's a good thing. It, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you're, you're going to have like the, the good days and the bad days, you know, some of the, the, the weight's going to be heavy on some days and that's completely understandable. And, and I encourage everybody to make sure that, you know, you're, you're taking time for yourself, that self-care is, is very important, you know, time with, with your loved ones. And I know that, um, you know, folks are still quarantined and it's being handled differently in you know different parts of the country but if you can get on FaceTime uh if if yoga is your thing whatever it is just take some time to kind of uh 
you know, pause and, and, you know, go internal, if you will, so that uh, you're not stuck in those spaces and you can be able to see kind of the opportunities that, that Jordan and I are, are talking about. So um, just kind of a off topic, but small plug uh, there for, for our members. But um, this has been great. And, you know, last question will kind of be uh, in terms of um, any advice to maybe people who are looking at, you know, applying for marketing team of the year uh, for, for the first time or trying to figure out how they plan out their year. I know you talked about how, you know, you guys start early. Um, what advice would you give, what, again, without giving away, you know, the, the, secrets, uh, the secret sauce, if you will, what advice would you give to people that are looking at this for the first time or maybe they have applied before and they're not really sure how to get over the hump? What general advice would you provide for them? Yeah, so I, I would start with touching on what you talked about with the preparation piece. Like for us, we try to make sure it never gets overwhelming for us. And, and we're able to do that by setting deadlines really early. So a monthly deadline to add um, initiatives, promotions, et cetera, to our Google Sheet. Um, Bi-monthly uh, deadlines to write some of our write-ups in advance that we know for sure are going to go into the, the team of the year submission. Um, that's really important because then we're not panicking when it when it's deadline day, um, which I feel like you can fall into. And we've gotten better at that over the years. I think the first couple of years when we started submitting, we we were panicking a little bit. Um, and then I think just also just be just be true to who you are and what you're doing as a department. Like you need to the the like I said before, like the submission is is. It serves the purpose of being considered for marketing team of the year, but it's very purposeful and beneficial for you outside of that. So, so if you really believe in, in continuous growth um, and development of your staff, of who you are as an athletic department, of, of the people um, that you work with, of your interns, et cetera, these submissions are awesome um, sort of like comparisons of best practices if you look at other people's submissions um and then provide you benchmarks that you can look back year over year and say hey i wasn't even we weren't even named an honorable mention like our name wasn't even mentioned in in the nakma email that goes out announcing the finalists but i would look at that and flip that as an opportunity like what do we need to do to get to that to that point um so I think you can kind of like use this process as a way like, hey, maybe it felt like a failure at the time, but okay, let's look back. Let's look at the team that was a finalist and, or an honorable mention and the ones that won it. Um, and let's analyze what we're doing internally, like kind of like we did in that year that I took over the, the marketing staff and we weren't even, we weren't named a finalist after being a finalist for the previous three years. Like you need to look internally. So um, I guess that's sort of my long, um, uh, mouthful advice, but I guess generally start early, be true to who you are, and just understand that there's um, significant benefits to putting something like this together outside of just being recognized for it. Well, perfect. This has been a, a great conversation, Jordan. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, again, congratulations to you and your team on winning the, the Superfan Marketing Team of the Year Award. We look forward to uh, more to come from, from you all. Thank you for listening to the NACMA podcast. 
Be sure to visit the online community and join NACMA in continuing the conversation.